Well, it is good to see everyone this evening. We need to certainly be praying that this uh, virus problem will go away soon. Because it is interfering with a whole lot of things. The least of which is not. Uh, I think it's going to affect a whole lot of uh, the Lord's congregations throughout the country. I think there are going to be some problems from this. We're going to begin our study this evening, or this afternoon rather, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to notice verses 3 through 4, and then we're going to notice chapter 4, 7 through 8. Second Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Paul wrote, saying, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him, who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's move over to chapter 4. Notice verses 7 and 8. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, uh, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. In 1952, the Army published its FM 21-13. That's an Army field manual. And in it, the Army outlined the character of a good soldier. But those qualities that are mentioned in that field manual are qualities that I believe all people should strive to obtain. Now, within the manual, the Army lists the necessity of honesty, courage, self-control, decency, and conviction of purpose. And we won't go into that, but each of those characteristics had a paragraph or two going into detail of exactly what that meant and how that would uh, present itself or what it would produce in the life of the soldier. Now, I am very thankful for our nation's military men and women. I'm thankful for them. I appreciate their sacrifice their willingness to go abroad, be away from their families, uh, their willingness to place themselves in danger so that the rest of the nation can uh, rest easy at night and feel safe. But I am more thankful for soldiers uh, who are soldiers in Christ's army. We ought to think of those folks and we ought to be uh, uh, thankful for them. Now, when we think of those good people, we automatically... We go to, our minds go to Hebrews chapter 11, and we begin to read about beginning with uh, uh, Abel, and on down through the line, and all those folks that, that did the things that God asked them to do, the multitude of judges that are mentioned in there that were faithful, and just a various amount of people. But those aren't the only folks who have been faithful soldiers or good soldiers in God's army. We we know several people who have lived and do live in our own time that have done the things that uh, are difficult to do. They've uh, uh, made the right choices that were difficult choices, and we ought to be thankful for those folks. Be thankful for them that go way back even to the Restoration Movement of which we studied, go all the way back to the first century of those uh, Christians who were persecuted, yet they went everywhere preaching the Word of God and, and helping to establish churches throughout the world. 
We ought to be thankful for them for making the way straight so that we would have easier access to the inspired Word of God and that we would have help in learning what God would have us to do and what we need to do to please Him. But one day, our lives are going to be over. One day, every single person sitting in this auditorium and those uh, sitting elsewhere at this time, we're just going to be a memory in the minds of those people who live on. Our lives are going to come to an end. And I believe maybe the question is, when that happens, what's the legacy going to be that we leave behind? What's our legacy going to be as uh, people in this world? When people remember and reminisce about us, what will they remember? Will they remember that we were good soldiers of the cross? Are they going to uh, think about uh, the, uh, the things that we did to please God and the good examples that we were to other folks? Now, now's the time to think about that. Because once we leave this life, it will be eternally and forever too late to do anything about the legacy we leave behind. As Paul neared the end of his life, he was enduring a, enduring a prison cell in Rome. Now, he didn't want to be there, but he was there. And he took the steps, though, while he was there, to ensure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of the cross. He wrote to Timothy, he instructed Timothy, and he gave him the necessary information so Timothy could do the things necessary to be a good soldier of the cross. It is with that in mind that I want us to consider for just a few moments this, uh, this afternoon the five qualities of a good soldier. That's the title. The five qualities of a good soldier. The, quali- the first quality I want us to, to look at is a good soldier, uh, to be a good soldier... He possesses the ability to be a follower, to be a follower. Now, normally, we don't think of that as something good, do we? I can remember growing up my whole life. I've mentioned this before. My my father drilled into me and drilled into me, never be a follower, always be a leader. Don't be a follower, be a leader. And he didn't want me to be a follower in the sense of following after all the other people that were my age that didn't have good sense and doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. He didn't want me to be a part of that group. He wanted me to be a leader and resist that. But we're talking about soldiers of the cross. To be a good soldier of the cross, one has to be a follower. But he has to be a follower of Christ. Now here's what that idea of being a follower means. It implies that there is a relationship. Right? If you're going to be a follower, you have to have a relationship. And what that means is, before you can ever be part of the army, you have to join the army. Right? Before you can ever be a part of the United States Army, you have to go and you have to talk to a recruiter or whatever the process is now. Uh, and you have to join that military branch, whatever it is, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, whatever you want to do. But you have to have a relationship, and it starts with joining that particular uh, military branch. Now, it's a little different when we're talking about soldiers of the cross, right? You don't join the church, you're added to the church, right? You uh, uh, you have to do certain things, and that's how we go about becoming a soldier of the cross. It's laid out for us, right? We need to be able to accomplish the things necessary by obeying the gospel. 
We talk about that all the time. I, I want us to keep talking about it. Let's not get tired of, of talking about what is necessary to become a Christian. Even Christians need to be reminded of that so we'll be able to tell other folks about it. It's very important. We have to have this idea, or we have to instill in ourselves the idea of faith. Faith means... Jesus once existed in the history of humanity. Faith means that becomes a part of who you are. It becomes a part of who I am. It becomes a part of who you are because you have this eternal belief that Jesus Christ is exactly who He said He was. We read about that throughout the New Testament, don't we? And faith does something to us. Faith is something that changes us. If a person isn't changed, then his faith isn't any good. That's just the bottom line. It has to produce a change in someone's life. That We call that repentance, don't we? Turning around, going another direction, going in the exact opposite direction, back toward God. That's very necessary. We read about faith in, in, in a multitude of scriptures. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16, 16. That believeth, that's talking about faith. You have to have a personal faith in, in the system of faith, right? You have to be able to, uh, and willing to repent, Acts three nineteen. Repent, be converted. And that idea of, of repentance will cause a person to want to make the good confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. There's a reason that a person states that in the presence of others. God understands what our belief system is. He understands whether we're being honest with Him or not. We're not stating that in a public way to satisfy God's uh, uh, question about whether or not we are, uh, uh, whether we believe or not. He understands we believe. It's all part of the spreading of the gospel. Other people hear us talk about our faith, and that encourages them to also want to confess that. You know, we read about in the uh, uh, the biographical accounts of the Lord how the chief priests, many of them believed, but they would not confess His name because they feared being put out of the synagogue. See, if a whole bunch of those uh, believers had had come together and confessed that, that would have encouraged them to make that necessary step. And then, of course, being immersed in water for the forgiveness of sin. That's God's gospel plan of salvation. That's how we have a relationship when we uh, become a follower. Now, to be a follower of Christ also implies that one must follow the rule of law. You have... a uh, uh, a relationship that is uh, begun by obeying the gospel, then you have to follow the rule of law, meaning God put out commandments, and we have it in the form of the Bible. And so to be a good soldier of the cross, to have these five qualities, you have to be a follower and willing to follow the rules, right? What happens in the, in the uh, United States Army if someone refuses to follow the rules? Well... That's a, that's a dereliction of duty, isn't it? And it might even be treason under certain circumstances. And if that's the case, there's a big penalty for that. 
There's a big penalty for that. Well, when one is in the Lord's army, he is obligated to do more than just uh, become a part, right? He, you have to do more than just be added by the uh, the leader of the church, the head of the church, Christ. You have to also maintain that relationship, and that's done by following the rule of law set down by God. It is possible to lose salvation. We have to keep that in mind. Now, the denominational world doesn't want us to believe that, but now I'm going to take Paul's uh, word for it. He said, Whosoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Galatians 5, 4. Now, we, need, we don't want to lift anything out of context. We want to understand the context of Galatians chapter 5. Paul is addressing those uh, Jewish Christians in their effort to go back to the old law. That's what he's talking about. If you are justified by the old law, then you have fallen from the grace of the new law. It's what he's meaning, right? Now, uh, we might say today, whosoever of you are justified by a false religion or a denomination have fallen from grace. Not too awfully long ago, I was just up the road here, and we were uh, Nicole and I were door knocking, and and uh, lady came to the door, had some children, and and her husband was an Episcopalian priest, former member of the Lord's Church. You can't get a whole lot more polar opposite than that. Can't get more polar opposite than that. And so he would fit into this category. Those of you who leave Christ Church, the New Testament Church and join a denomination, have fallen from grace. You lose your salvation. So that's very applicable for us today. Peter also warned this, Second Peter 2.20, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he's talking about Christians. Uh, at one time they were entangled. We were all entangled in the pollutions of this world, the sins of this world. But we overcame that. He said, but if they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Second Peter 2.20 So it's obvious we can lose our salvation. A good soldier is a follower of Christ. And secondly, he is faithful. A soldier must be faithful. A soldier must be loyal. What's going to happen? And we read about this from time to time. We read about a couple of the soldiers doing this over in the Middle East in this recent war over in Afghanistan. They just walk away from the post and disappear. Well, they're not being loyal. In fact, they're being disloyal. Being faithful means the good soldier has his priorities in order. Priorities are a big deal. He has no higher goal than to please his superior. We just read those statements. That's what Paul's talking about. That's the goal in this life. He realizes anything that interferes with that has to be eliminated. When a person joins a military branch in this nation, they have to pledge their allegiance to the Constitution of this nation, to this nation, no other nation. You can't have an allegiance to another nation because that's an interference of what we need to accomplish, right? So that's what faithful means. And Christians must be constantly 
examining ourselves, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, to make sure that we are pleasing to the Savior and that that's a top priority. That has to be the priority, right? If we're going to be a good soldier of the cross. And that's going to be, excuse me, seen in other aspects of our lives as well. Having proper priorities also means that we're going to endure hardships in this life. Nothing can can take us off track. Nothing can cause us to stop doing what we're doing in being faithful to God. You know, we have to face life with the patience of of one who understands that the next life will be worth it all, Hebrews 12.1. The faithful will have priorities and they will practice being a good soldier. If we're going to be good at anything, we have to practice People who are in business, uh, if they're involved in some kind of a trade, they didn't uh, get to be the best at that on day three, right? They learned that trade. They practiced that trade. And then they become very good at it. So we have to practice. And being a good soldier of the cross is no different. We have to practice doing that. That means that we live faithful lives. Every single day. Now, we're going to come up against roadblocks, and we're going to come up against things that uh, are going to try to draw our attention away from our focus. And that's uh, and when we avoid those things and we work on those things, that's our practicing being pleasing to God. He wants us to live a life that will bring honor and glory to His name. Paul encouraged Philippians one twenty seven. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So the the good soldier of the cross is a follower of Christ. He is faithful. And our third point is he is familiar. He is familiar. Well, what's he familiar with? He is familiar with whatever he needs to be familiar with to elevate his skill level in his area. Now, when you join the military in our nation, whatever branch that may be, there are different uh, areas within that branch where a person might get his job assignment. You might be in artillery. You might be in intelligence. You could be in some type of electronics or radar or, or whatever the case may be. And you have to be familiar with those with that information. A good friend of mine joined the Navy. He went up to the Great Lakes in the, around the Chicago area. And while he was in what they call A school, uh, they were taking tests. And, and you had to make whatever percentage. I don't know if it was 70% or whatever. Well, he didn't. He didn't make that 70% on this particular test because it was a, it was a, a electronics uh, uh, job description that he had. And so he was having some pretty tough tests. They brought him in, and let's say he made 67%, and they said, how would you like it if we gave you 67% of your pay? Well, he didn't, he didn't think that would be a very good idea. Well, if you don't want that, then you need to make yourself familiar with the the subject matter so you can uh, enhance your skill level, right? And that's the idea. Same thing with a Christian. Can can you imagine a, a soldier going onto the battlefield and his not knowing how to operate some piece of equipment that he was trained on because he did not study that material properly? Happens all the time with, with Christians, doesn't it, really? We don't think about it. 
but we're not familiar with the Word of God like we ought to be in a lot of cases. And I don't mean particularly us here, but, but I'm guilty of that from time to time. And so we need to be very careful that we're elevating our skill level. Now, a good soldier has to be familiar with that material to elevate his skill level, but he also has to be familiar with strategy. Not just God's strategy, but the strategy of the enemy. You have to be aware of how the enemy operates. In defending himself against the character assassination of those false uh, apostles in Corinth, Paul stated, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, beginning with 12, he said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Well, that's part of their strategy. They want to fake you out. They want to present themselves as something they're not. Now, perhaps the most memorable description of Satan and the strategy that uh, he uh, uh, uses was presented by Peter. We're very familiar with 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, within that statement, we learn about some of the strategy that the Christian is to use and the strategy that Satan uses. We're to be vigilant. We're to be sober. Vigilant. We're to be uh, uh, pay attention, focus, be familiar with the material, right? The, uh, the soldier also incorporates as part of his strategy helping your fellow soldier, taking care of your fellow soldier, Galatians 6, verse 2. That's of the utmost importance. Five qualities of good soldier include his being a follower, two, his being faithful, three, his being familiar, and the fourth quality I want us to notice is he must be a fighter. He must be a fighter. Not only is he a fighter, but he is a determined fighter. He will not retreat in the face of the enemy, and he will not run from a fight. Instead, he stands his ground, and he fights the battle until the battle is over. That's what a fighter does. I believe there have been far too many soldiers of the cross in the past who've dropped out of the good fight of faith. It happened during Paul's time. It happens in our own time. Paul told Timothy, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, Second Timothy, or 1 Timothy 1, beginning with verse 18, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. He also made a warning to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, that there would come a time when the faithful would not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away from their ears, turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. You see, th- those fighters weren't determined. But if we're going to be a good soldier of the cross, we have to be 
uh, we have to be a fighter, and we have to be a determined fighter, and we have to be a dedicated fighter. He's dedicated because he maintains the oath he took, the promise he made when he became a Christian. One who is dedicated to living faithfully for God will do that no matter the cost. Nothing is going to prevent that person from uh, being faithful. He'll do all in his power to avoid the sins of this life and to, according to Paul, 1 Timothy 6, beginning with 11, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Finally, a good soldier is a follower, he is faithful, he is familiar, he is a fighter, and he is a finisher. He is a finisher. He is a finisher because he has resolve. We all have to have resolve. The good soldier of the cross is in it for the long haul, and he does not quit at the first sign of trouble. Paul asked the Galatians, we go back to Galatians chapter 5, and we're looking at that context of, of those Christians that were trying to leave the New Testament church, go back to the old law. He said uh, in verse 7, You did run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Well, what's that mean? Someone said, well, they were Christians. But when you stop obeying the truth, we go back to verse 4, that same chapter, you've fallen from grace. So they stopped obeying the truth. Resolve is that quality that says, I will not quit. We sing a song that is titled, I Am Resolved. It says, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. The finisher has resolve, and because of that, he'll receive the eternal reward of heaven. For those who stay in the fight, those who who continue on, those who remain faithful even in the face of certain death, Revelation 2.10, that soldier will one day hear this, Matthew 25.21, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And he also understands the price paid for that reward. The Savior gave himself the selfless action of our superior. He gave himself, and so he maintains his resolve because of that. I think each of us should ask ourselves, Would I classify as a good soldier of the cross? Let's think about that. Now, that doesn't mean that we do not recognize areas where we could be a better soldier. That doesn't mean that that we aren't doing our best. But what it does mean is we need to improve. We need to always continually try to become a better soldier of the cross. If you need to answer the Lord's invitation... To, re- to rededicate your life to being a better soldier. Do that before we leave here today. If you've, if you've failed the Master in some way and you need to repent and, and confess that sin, do that. But part of being a soldier is being familiar, okay? Remember that. And we need to be familiar 
with the, the ways in which someone becomes a good soldier. And of course, that's the plan of salvation. We talked about that earlier. Either way, if you need to answer this Lord's invitation, do that as we stand and as we sing.